0: it's spreading the word like wildfire in the community as to wow this would be a great place to send my kids to work businesses like ours are opening our doors just to make sure that we get kids excited because kids are our future in that sense in advanced manufacturing and product design and so we're going to continue to do that we can make a big difference we just have to take a long-term view and never never ever get tired of doing this
2: Business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Welcome, everybody. This is Jim. We're here in our remote studio today, downtown Chicago at the Ritz-Carlton at the annual Cranes Midwest Manufacturing Summit. It's an exciting morning here. Uh, There's a lot of buzz out in the hallway. There's a lot of noise out there. There is a lot of noise. There's a lot of people here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's an annual event that Cranes puts on exclusively for manufacturing leaders. And uh, we're excited to have uh, our first guest in our remote studio today. His name is John Sepiente. And John is the president of Trident Manufacturing and Elgin Dye Mold. I'm going to have him just give a little quick uh, introduction for his company, and then we're just going to ask him a few questions. Jason, go right ahead.
3: I guess my, my first question would be, you know, you you were with your family business, Elgin Dye Mold, for many, many years, and then you acquired this new company. What was your
4: vision or your thought
3: process that you went through to get to this point?
4: Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me. I'm excited to You're be welcome. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my background, uh, obviously joining a family business in the mid nineties, we were predominantly an automotive supplier making uh, small precision parts for automotive. And for years, I always felt like my diversification meant have Asian, uh, European American content. And as one OEM went up and the other one would go down, there'd always be a car market. And, uh, in 2009, you know, uh, much to my m- dismay, they stopped making cars. And so I was sitting around trying to there's, figure they're out. They're making them again now. Yeah, doing great. <laughs> $17 million a year. Keep your fingers crossed. Um, it won't last forever. Uh, no. But basically, in 2009, it kind of gave me a little bit of a wake-up call that there's other markets and other opportunities. And I looked at buying businesses for probably a year and didn't have much success. And uh, someone actually stumbled upon me and brought me a deal that I ended up looking at their products. And it was exactly what we do every day, but in the med device industry. And the opportunity in the med device industry, which was really interesting to me, was that Automotive went through a crisis in the early 90s when the Japanese transplant came over and really taught Americans that they better find ways to do things better, more efficiently, and lower cost. And so I buy this med device business in 2010, and all of a sudden Obamacare comes. Wow. And I'm facing myself in really the same thing I lived in the 90s, was you need suppliers that really understand how to drive cost and waste out with improving quality. And that, you know, today we're talking about innovation, but that's what it is, is finding better ways to do it, smarter, and still make a better product. And so I bought this company, and uh, it's been a very interesting process seeing the med device industry because their focus right now is super focused on cost, but I'm not sure they quite understand yet how to get suppliers and partners that really understand how to do it. So, John, did you have a lot of
2: crossover in your certifications from your auto into medical? Or did you have to – that all had to be renewed,
4: right? No. Well, I bought – the company's called Trident Manufacturing. They were a – compliant med device company okay so what that's, I really that's a did, ts cert no it's a uh, iso 1345 okay. is the med device okay. ts is your auto okay but what i did is i took their med device quality systems and processes shut down their facility moved it into my auto facility and then infused automotive mentality of how to drive waste out so what i took is the best practice of both and smushed it together i guess is the nice way to say it but uh we have now are yielding the the Best in practice in both, and we're going to the med device guys and saying, "Look, we're we're delivering. We've had FDA audits, and we're delivering compliance and quality, but we're doing it at a lower cost. And so the business is growing very rapidly, and uh, it's exciting. It's a little bit uh, awesome. in, in dismay, but good. Great. So I, I just have one last question: um,
3: Are these two separate companies? Like, do you wear two separate hats so when you when you run them both? Or are they? Is it pretty much just two brands working within you know the same management, the same facility, the you know everything?
4: Same facility. Um, they have separate workforces, so I'm wearing two hats, you know, um, all day long. We're 55,000 square feet. We sit on 16 acres. I'm working with the Village of Pinger Grove right now, zoning to build a Trident building next door. And some of the biggest struggles are having both businesses inside is. You know my Elgin Diamond team working with my Trident, handing things over versus creating packing slips and invoices, and so it's the separation will be a good thing. Great. Well, thank you for um, for this short interview, and and we look forward to
2: hearing you on the panel.
4: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Great, thanks, Great. John. Thank Bye. you.
2: We have Jason Schur from Vogue Chocolate here in Chicago. His wife Katrina was supposed to be here, but she unfortunately is sick and Jason just happened to be available to fill in for her today. So uh, welcome, Jason. Glad to have you here. Glad to have you fill in for Katrina this morning. So we just have a few questions for you for making chips, and I believe Jason, you're the guy that's going to talk to him. I'd love to. Jason to Jason.
3: Yeah. First of all, I I love the display that you guys have at uh, O'Hare Airport. Mm -hmm. I think it's a a great little uh, retail location you have there. So very, very nicely displayed chocolates. Tell me what it's like working as you know, I guess CEO and CEO and husband and wife, how, how does that, how does that work good together? Good question. Good huh. question. <laughs> that
1: is a good question. Uh, yeah, well, I guess, it, so There, there, the ups are, are probably a, a lot higher than they normally would be. And the downs are probably a lot lower. So, okay. uh, you, you know, you, you bring your work home with you as everyone does. Uh, but, uh, I think probably the difference is, is when you have a, a, a bad day at work and you maybe go home and, uh, talk to your spouse about how tough it was in the office the difference is, is instead she of she knows right well, <laughs> instead, instead <laughs> she of somebody, she's feeling your pain that's right <laughs> yes
3: unless it was you that screwed something up well well that's <laughs> then it. she's just mad at you even more right. Right. instead of somebody <laughs>
1: scratching your head and telling you how you're the greatest guy in the world and you'll figure it all out tomorrow they tell you well that's because you're an idiot and you screwed it up in the first place so that, <laughs> exactly. that's probably the biggest difference uh but no it's a lot of fun too i mean yeah. you know it, it, it there's uh there's a lot of really great elements to it. The, the kids are really involved in it. The oh, extended cool. The family is oh, really awesome involved hear. in it. Yeah. Katrina's sister uh, heads up all the, the, the marketing and, and PR side of the business. So uh, it really has evolved it, truly into uh, uh, an extended family business. Do, do
3: you have any like rules or guidelines or values between um, you and your wife to manage that in a very like coherent
1: way? Sure, and then we break them all, but yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I got a quick question for Vosch chocolate. Yeah. Was it was it Katrina's brainchild? Was it, it her yeah, vision? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. how did that all evolve? So Jason? she
1: she came up with this um Back in '97, okay. she was in Dallas working just for under her 20 uncle. years ago. Yeah. yeah, working for her uncle. He uh, used to run the catalog for Neiman Marcus, and she was doing uh, a catalog for him. He had his own uh, catalog at this time. He had just left, and he said, "Hey, it's the holidays. Uh, let's get some chocolate. Let's put some chocolate in the catalog. That's always a good sell." And she had just gotten back from you know traveling all over the world, and 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 uh, culinary school, and really experiencing food at a, at, a, at a high level, and. She started to look for high-end chocolate that was ready for uh, retail sale, and she couldn't find it in the U.S. Essentially, it was you know, kind of topped out at Godiva, and, th- and that was about it, and and just wasn't available. So, chefs could find really high-end chocolate to cook with, but it didn't exist for, uh, for consumers. And right, so that, as a branded as retail. As a branded, yeah. presented package. And so, she said, hey, it happened to wine in the 70s and cigars in the 80s, and I think chocolate's going to be the next big thing. Indeed. So, she really saw a big change in the marketplace, uh, before it happened. Awesome. Very Great.
3: Cool. Well, we, we look forward to hearing from you on the panel too. It's yeah. going to be, it's going to be
1: fun. Appreciate you guys having me, even if I was the uh, second choice. No, no problem. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Jason.
2: We're glad to have you tune in with us today. Really excited to have Tom Pallette from Caterpillar in our private studio. Welcome Tom. Thank you. Thanks Good to be
3: here. So one of our first questions, Tom, let's just get right into it is, um, and this, is, this comes from our listening audience, so what they frequently want to know from a company like Caterpillar's. How would you articulate Caterpillar's loyalty to its supply chain subcontractors, particularly the machining companies, probably a lot of them in Peoria, who have Caterpillar as their largest customer?
5: Yeah, it's a a great question. And I think we've transitioned over time. Uh, I think if you go back in Caterpillar's history, there may have been periods where our relationship with our supply chain was not in a partnered mode. It was a bit more antagonistic than it is today. You go back a few years, we formed a supply network organization under the leadership of Dave Bozeman and Frank Crespo. And really, we've moved uh, very strongly towards viewing suppliers as partners they are absolutely critical to our success. Coming from the division where I spent most of my career at at solar turbines, you know, you have a supply base there that is tied to the aerospace industry and having long-term relationships is critical to your success because their other customers' uh, businesses are cyclical as well. Within the machinery group, this new organization has done a great job of working together with suppliers to help them as we go through our cycles because the the most difficult thing for our suppliers, as you mentioned, some are very heavily tied to Caterpillar. When you go through a cycle like we have, where you we've gone from 30 billion very quickly up to 65 billion, and then very quickly back down to 47 billion, it has a whipsaw effect on your supply chain. So I think Frank and his organization are doing a great job of, you know, working with our suppliers to sh- to be transparent with where we see the market going, and and really also in, in some cases to help them. Through these tough times, so I, I think we've changed. And, and once again, I'm not responsible for that organization. Uh, I'm not as close to it as, as somebody like Frank. But I really have seen a, a change in the way we're handling that. So I would hope that they would feel uh, that we're doing better. You can't make up for a, a massive reduction in business, but no, we're, we're going to do our best.
2: Well, what you know, this from a, from a smaller manufacturer's vantage point, Caterpillar kind of has the foresight a little bit to see where trends are going and and what do you see our economic future going into 2016 is it static is it looking like it's going to increase slightly or or decrease
5: well we've publicly released you know we went from 65 down uh, down to 47 billion a 15% drop just in the past year from 55 to 47 and we've released publicly we're going to be around 42 so another 10% drop um you know as i mentioned in my talk it's very difficult i think if you asked 10 economic experts in the global economy where it was going you would probably get 10 different answers when you look at how china has come off peak uh, when you look at the situation where brazil is i have to believe you know the u.s is a bright spot europe i mentioned is doing fairly well for us i have to believe that You know that these industries are way off peak, and that we're we're close to the bottom. If we're not at the bottom, so I'm hopeful that 17 is going to be better for us. But once again, that's just you know one more thing that I think is really
2: relevant to because I'm thinking about our listener base, the people that tune into Making Chips. A lot of them are probably small manufacturing companies that are you know service oriented to Caterpillar. What can you tell them that they can do in a small way to help them sustain? Future business and future growth. What are the, what are those trending things that you see that would help that supplier of cat achieve sustainability for the long run? I, I would say, even the, in a
5: downturn economy. I would say the answer to that is what we're trying to do, and that is you have to embrace lean, your quality, your velocity, your cost structures, all have to be improving and and focused on being world class. You have to have a competitive and flexible cost structure so that you can cycle like we're having to cycle. And then, so I I would say all of the things that I highlight in my talk, quality, velocity, safety, cost, embrace lean, and really try to bring, you know, just like we look to our competitors, how can we make them successful? Look to us, how can we make Caterpillar successful? Even if you're a small supplier in Peoria that's supplying us, you know, having that constant focus on continuous improvement is absolutely critical you know and once again coming from San Diego we had a m- big manufacturing presence in San Diego California yeah it's a great place w- which is a great place to yeah. live but people don't think about San Diego and manufacturing and how we're how is Caterpillar able to sustain that it's because they have to get more efficient and better every day right. and that facility competes on a global basis you know with competitors in Europe and in Asia so it's possible and and really that continuous improvement focus is what I would highlight
2: great thanks Tom
3: great well Thank you for taking the time yeah. to talk with us. And we told you it was going to be a short interview. Well, it's, it's great.
5: It's great to be here at Cranes, and, and thank you for pulling me aside. No and uh, I guess to to all of the suppliers out there as well. Thank you for your partnership, and and uh, we'll make it through this. So
2: absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. We just got finished
3: with the 2016 Cranes Manufacturing Summit, and we grabbed Sagar Patel from Woodward, who was kind enough to give us some time for for an interview. So welcome, Sagar.
1: Well,
0: my pleasure.
3: So Sagar, as I mentioned, is from Woodward, based in Rockford, Illinois. And I think that's one of the things that we want to talk about is Woodward just expanded their Manufacturing capacity, and they decided to do that in Rockford. You had the choice of of building a plant anywhere in the world. I mean, the way that you know, manufacturing is right now, it's global, and I'm sure you put a lot of thought into building this facility in Rockford. How did you why did you do that? A lot of people were surprised when you guys decided to stay here in the United States and then stay here in Illinois.
0: Yeah, it goes back to the roots and what uh, makes us so differentiated with uh, our customers. Uh, And at the base of that is our culture and our membership. And uh, membership for us is employees. And uh, as you know, you may know, 15% of our company is owned by our members. And uh, as a result, we have tremendous culture. And then we keep building on it. And uh, we take pride in doing innovation with speed and solve customers' toughest problems. And uh, we have 1,500 members in uh, Rockford region, and uh, it just became no-brainer once we considered all the factors uh, in terms of economics, in terms of employment, in terms of what we needed to do to achieve the future uh, that we have such a strong foundation with these 1,500 members and strong culture of innovation. It was no-brainer. And I think Rockford's a great region
2: to put Woodward in because there's a lot of talent there. It's a very, it's first and foremost, it's it's an industrial area. So the talent that's already there and implanted is growing organically almost, because typically if you have somebody within our industry, you know, the grandfathers, the fathers, and the kids, the students, they're probably going to be influenced based on what their parents have been doing in the past. Yeah, dad was a machinist, and they're going to become a machinist. Right, so they know the industry.
0: It's it's ingrained in them already. You know, when you think about Rockford, uh, everybody thinks about the heydays of uh, 70s and 80s when it was tool-and-die capital of the world. And uh, it has strong manufacturing, advanced manufacturing roots. And uh, yes, it went through a downturn, but now it's coming up, back up strong. And what we are adding to keep it strong is strong community college relationship along with high schools. And then we have just announced uh, last week, or actually this week, that we are starting up our own four-year engineering degree program in partnership with Northern Illinois University and Rockville College, which is unique The most beautiful thing about this one is the four-year degree for engineering will cost $40,000 or less. And it's for all four years, guys. That's and, great. Uh, that's awesome. When you think about that, we are not only All four now,
2: years, $40,000.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I have, I have an engineering degree, um, undergrad, and I, I know that that my parents, um, God bless them, they spent a lot more than $40,000. And so that's great what you guys are doing.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we are connecting all the dots, making sure the pipeline for future innovators is complete from high school to community college to now the engineering degree college. And then businesses like ours are opening our doors just to make sure that we get kids excited because kids are our future in that sense in advanced manufacturing and product design. Others are joining in. So I think we are making the most of it. And like I said, you know, the biggest though, uh, stimulus for us is our strong 1,500 members, which are now up to 1,600, and we are going to continue to grow over next decade to be over 2,000 people. I wanted to ask, Segar, this was one of the questions that um, I wanted to
2: throw out to the panelists this morning, and I, I failed to do so, but do you think that we need to change the parents' perception of manufacturing? So that, Because the parents are the biggest influencers of their children going in into a career so uh, do you think and is woodward doing anything to promote the uh the image of manufacturing to the parents and tell them that it's it's not your grandfather's machine shop anymore
0: yeah i I would say you know there are uh, three factors influencing somebody's decision to go in or not one is individual second one is their peers and third one is parents slash teachers and we are hitting on all of those. So one of the unique things we did is last year when we did the grand opening of our brand-new facility, we opened it up to friends and family. And on that day, we had 5,000 different people come through, majority adults with some kids, through the facility. And we have, actually, if you want to go see on our Facebook, there is a video for it. And you, I would, already liked your Facebook page, by the way. Oh, we talked the other you. day. And when you see people, people's eyes and all the parents and uh, everybody's eyes going through that facility and how they're looking around and how amazed they are as to what this brand new advanced manufacturing plant looks like. Yeah. I think it's spreading the word like wildfire in the community as to wow this would be a great place to send my kids to work. You know like I said uh, we had uh, high school area superintendents and counselors come in they're beginning to spread the word to all the high school kids. And now I'm getting requests left and right. Hey, I have an elementary school function. Can I bring my kids to visit your plant? And like I said, every week we are hosting one or two groups of kids, you know, teachers, women engineers, you name it, into our new plant. And so we're going to continue to do that. Others are joining in us as well. So I think we can make a big difference we just have to take a long-term view and never never ever get tired of doing this
2: you know what i think would be great jason and i'm sure you'll agree with me maybe sager would like to host making chips and we can come out to his facility and do an on-site remote uh interview and just you know get some of the exciting people that are there at your facility to spread the word and you know really promote the industry
0: yeah absolutely great I uh, come on down now uh, you know. Some of our engineers will love to talk with you, and they can tell you all about what they do on a day-to-day basis to come up with some really cool, innovative stuff. Cool.
2: Okay. I think that's all we have for you.
0: We appreciate
2: your few minutes that you had to share with us again, and uh, look forward to working with you in the near future. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks.
3: Yeah, that Cranes Manufacturing Summit, I, I really enjoyed myself. I mean, it was a great time. You know, we had some great little mini interviews with uh, some of the, the keynote and the yeah, guests. Yeah, what a
2: great day. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sitting back and I'm thinking about what we just did and, you know, me moderating the day. And man, I, I, some great. CEO leaders and you know, you know what I really liked the most about it, Jason, was the diversity of the manufacturing leaders that were on that stage today. Absolutely. I mean, I just grabbed a
3: couple tidbits of information from from each one of them and just, you know, have something to take back to my company.
2: Yeah, I thought, I thought it was all done well. I think Cranes did a fantastic job in picking this diverse group of people. And man, I can't believe it's over already. All that anxiety leading up until today. And it's done. I've moderated. We've interviewed our guests. And uh, we hope that our listeners enjoyed it. And they can be equipped and inspired by what uh, one of these people is sharing with us as uh, manufacturers.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you did a great job.
5: Thank, Thank you. you. you I appreciate per- that. You brought some great personality. I,
2: I, did to I it? bring my Jim Car charisma? <laughs> to <laughs> Yes, it was great. I mean, It wasn't boring. So that's Good. you know, you always have to
3: be careful in a, at a manufacturing event. That you know, it's. You are know, just not going to get some boredom, and you you definitely you know did really well.
2: Thanks, I really appreciate that, man.
3: So I've got a, I've got an idea, and I know that I didn't talk to you about this ahead of time. Um, but work with me here. I will. So um, I'm listening. I'm all ears. Our 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 friend Ryan, who um, you know, is Ryan Scanlan. Ryan Scanlan, who's a big part of making chips. Um, he needs a new computer. Apparently, he's sharing a computer with his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. He, he shared that with us a yeah, couple exactly. times. And she doesn't want him sharing his computer anymore. So what what I was thinking is that we could actually, we, we want to ask our listeners to help us buy Ryan a new computer. Okay? Cool. So if we can get we're on we're a budget. Yeah. We're, yeah. But well, we're doing this grassroots. <laughs> so you is. know what I mean? So um, So I was just thinking if we get everyone in the Metalworking Nation to maybe chip in a small amount, a dollar- Two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars. You know, I'll go five. Okay, great. Me too. Um, Maybe I can get Ryan Carr to go five. Yeah, maybe we can go ten. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, exactly. How do they? How do we do this? I'm going to tell you. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to open up what's called a Patreon account and basically what is it? Patreon. So here, here's what we're going to do. People are going to go to makingchips.com/slash Ryan and it's going to take you to a donation page. Okay. And give a small amount. You know, Ryan's gonna get that set up, and you're gonna be able to contribute safely and securely. Sounds like fun. Yeah, and maybe you know we can you know get his girlfriend to not
2: be mad at him anymore for use,
3: using her computer.
2: <laughs> so that's a great idea, yeah, Jason. Yeah. So I, I thought I thought yeah, it was. Yeah. This is all Jason just sprung this on me, so I I didn't know, but I like it. Yeah, it's yeah.
3: Good. I did good. I had no idea good. what it was all about. Yeah. What I mean, whatever you think is a, is a good value for um you know to bring to the podcast. And what I was thinking is that we can have a little competition too. So whoever contributes. The most, we're going to name Ryan's computer after them. Cool. And we're going to reference we'll talk it during podcast. It. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, oh, go that's to make, fun. So, go to makingchips.com slash Ryan, R Y A N. That was easy. And that'll take you to a uh, to a donation page. And, you know, even if you
2: can give a dollar or $10, you know, we would really appreciate it. Love it, Jason Zanger. This guy's always thinking.
3: All, always <laughs> always got, got the great idea. ideas. Thousand ideas a day. Always Just got the Most great of them ideas. are bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can always bring one good one to the table, though. Yeah.
2: So, anyway, to, just to close out this this high power day, you know, um, as we always say, or I always say, or Jason always thinks, or whatever, uh, you know, we we genuinely appreciate um, you all listening in, and in and. and sharing your success stories with us and where you're from. We get emails. It's almost every day now from uh, people thanking us uh, for bringing the show to them. We we generally do hope that we have equipped and inspired you to, uh, to learn something new in this business. And, uh, hopefully when your roadblock comes up, it's a little less painful to tackle because maybe you heard something on this show that, that helps you get across that roadblock. So, um,
3: yeah, we're not the ones here with all the answers. We're just we're, we're just bringing the ideas to the table from you
2: know trying to bring this industry together. Yep, just share what we know. That's all we can do. Anyway, at the end of the day, if you're not making ships, you're not making money. You ain't making money. Bam, bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing
3: industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the
2: metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share? And what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team,
3: and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. I know I'm going to like butcher the name if I try to say it. Vos. Bo- Bo- okay, that's Boge. easy. Okay, okay, Boge Okay, gotcha. Okay. What's your right. last name? Mark? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's easier than I thought. Vosion, sure. I mean, yeah. can't really screw that up.
1: Uh, we do uh, chocolate elixirs there, which is like a coffee substitute drink. really gives you a great pie without some of the jitters of coffee. And then the, uh, oh, the uh, yeah, there, it's amazing. I think I'm going to have to try that one. Yeah, yeah
2: me too. <laughs> that yeah. sounds pretty good.